Michael Bowen played Tommy, who you inappropriately claimed is me, which is not. It's not very nice at all. Uh, he was also not. I can see you manipulating someone in a relationship like that. that. Oh, you wouldn't want to be the kind of girl that would do that to her best friend, would you, sweetheart? <laughs> <laughs> It's terrible. Yeah, you're laughing through this. I, I, we have to come up with like a name for it, like a bit like, oh my God, that's him, or yeah. oh my God, that's her. So the first one, Notcher and Iron Eagle, I knew right away. Yep. You should have known that right away. I did. But more importantly, I would make the case that Tommy, a.k.a. Michael Bowen, comes back decades later and hops into two of the best roles ever. He's Buck in Kill Bill. With the shagmobile. Yeah. yeah, and die by getting his head slammed in the door. Yep. But even better... Uncle Jack from Breaking Bad. No way. That is Michael Bowen. Dude. Oh, my God. Isn't that wild? Wow. He aged intensely. Yeah. Welcome to Buzz in the Tower, a podcast dedicated to the movies of the 1980s. Prepare to be stuffed in our DeLorean and taken on a trip through the best decade of film ever. Hey, Mo, we better back up. We don't have enough road to get up to 88. Roads? Where we're going, we don't need Roads. So if you love Caddyshack, The Goonies, Aliens, Weird Science, Spies Like Us, The Great Outdoors, Empire Strikes Back, The Great Muppet Caper, Pretty in Pink, Predator, Rocky IV, Roadhouse, Say Anything, Real Genius, Short Circuit, Some Kind of Wonderful, Beverly Hills Cop, Akira, Tango and Cash, The Breakfast Club, and They Live, just to name a few, then sit back, relax, and get ready to be entertained. Because we came here to chew bubblegum and podcast about 80s movies, and we're all out of bubblegum. If you haven't already, subscribe to Buzz in the Tower on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. It's a moral imperative! You can also find us on TikTok, Instagram, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Buzz in the Tower. That's B-U-Z-Z-N, The Tower. Also, check out our website, buzzinthetower.com, and grab some officially licensed gear. It's so choice. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking some up. Now, if you want to get nuts, let's get nuts. Head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash buzzinthetower. With memberships as low as $3 a month, you can have access to tons of extra content, and a portion of all proceeds go directly to Save Ferris. Dakashane, darling, Dakashane. Buzz in the Tower is brought to you by Sonic Loans. You can find them at sonicloans.com. Max, if you get the wrong mortgage and you're paying the wrong percentage, then you for sure totally, bro. Tripendicular. Cannot <laughs> afford to live in the San Fernando Valley. Like, totally. If I wanted to find the right mortgage, where would I go, Max? Nick Cage's car, and where if, he lived because he he's homeless. If he was not there, where would I go then? <laughs> Sonic Loans is the best place to go if you want a new mortgage or if you want to refinance the one you have. Making sure that you're in the right mortgage is a critical part of anyone's life, especially if you are trying to keep up with the Joneses, the Smiths, or in this case, the Julias. Am I right, Max? Yes. That's great, Max. For any type of support you might need, reach out to Sonic Loans. Tell them that Buzz in the Tower sent you. Call them today. They're a family-first company. They're going to take care of you. Take care of your mortgage and make sure that you are ready to rock. NMLS number 1955855. Not available in all states. Not a commitment to lend. Additional requirements apply. Visit sonicloans.com or call 313-488-4888 for more information. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Bolton Legal Group. You can find them at boltonlegalgroup.com. For a free consultation, call 248-595-0001. If someone breaks into your house and they're hiding in your shower stall, 
while you're having a party. That seems like grounds to need legal assistance, I would say, right? Not Next, if it's Nick Cage. Bolton Legal Group is your your winged dark knight. I don't know why they'd be your dark knight. Bane um, needed a good lawyer. I do, I do. Bane needs a lawyer. <laughs> Batman needs a lawyer. And you've got the right team in Bolton Legal Group. They are going to make sure you're protected. They are aggressive. They're efficient. They're not going to waste your time. They're going to make sure that they protect you in the legal sense. I can't account for the physical sense. Uh, reach out to them today. Bird Law. Bird Law is big in the valley. Huge. Huge. Uh, Health food law. What business law. Going, Health food, yeah, what does right. someone get sick? Surfing law. Yeah. Uh, body shaving law. We'll talk about that in a minute. Reach out to Bolton Legal Group today. Tell them that Buzz in the Tower sent you and get ready to love, not like Max, like for sure love the legal experience. Today's episode, Valley Girl. Lovely teen, Julia Richmond, played by Deborah Foreman, not Froman, the Sausage King of Chicago, <laughs> is steeped in the excessive pink-clad culture of the San Fernando Valley, complete with her narcissistic boyfriend, Tommy, played by Michael Bowen. At a party, however, Julia falls for an edgy Hollywood punk named Randy, played by Nick Cage, and the two begin an unlikely romance, torn between fitting in with their superficial friends and embracing a more nonconformist lifestyle. Julie ultimately has to decide to stay with Tommy or take the risk with Randy, who's gone in 60 seconds. Randy Watson. So put your hands together. <laughs> Today on Buzz in the Tower... We are going to dive into the movie of all movies, or at least according to Max, Valley Girl. I'm Mo Shapiro, and joining me as always, the degenerate sidekick who rolls with a shaven Nick Cage, Max Sanders. And with that... I like 71 Cabernets, tacos, and long walks on the beach. Is that right? And my favorite color is magenta. It actually is. There are a few things in life that, I, that excite me more than disappointing you. Disappointing you is at the top of my list. I have some disclosures and and things to talk about out the gate. We what? got we have a, we have a man to man, an eyeball to eyeball right now. I don't even know what this is. It's gonna be tough. You're not gonna like it. First, an apology for me. I just realized that over the almost three years that we've been doing this podcast, yeah, I have a tendency when I'm either to megalomania. No, no, I don't know what that means. It means like you're arrogant. I am arrogant. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's is that I retract is that, is that, my is that, is that what megalomania means? Yeah. I thought egomaniac would be that. Like Hitler was a megalomaniac. <laughs> you just called me Hitler. Kind of. I'm not sure you understand what kind of apology this is, but I like where your head's at. No, here's my apology. Sometimes as we're zipping through hundreds of films, and you'll be like, you've seen that, right? And I'll just be like, yeah, 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 yeah. And in my head, I feel like I've seen it. You've never seen Valley Girl? And then occasionally, I like watch the movie, and I'm like, I've seen parts of this movie, but I don't think I've ever sat through the whole movie. It became apparent to me when I watched this movie four days ago. I have never seen the entire movie Valley Girl. Are you serious? Like, not even, wait, have you seen parts? Did you know? Parts. Okay, I know, I know the, I know the gist. Yeah, but I'm not seeing the whole movie because you speak about it like, like I have. Yeah, that, my friend, is the power of arrogance. Wow. Yeah, shamelessly, I'm making a commitment to not do that anymore because I feel like I've referenced this movie, like I've seen it. No, sir. Yeah. No, no. It's I'm a Nick not. Cage. It's what launches career. Max, this movie. <laughs> This movie is Feds Part 2 for me. Seriously? You don't like it? Now, I want to at least say a couple things before I dive into It's not a flat, I don't like it. Okay. I like I like parts of it. Yeah. But when you hold up, this is a iconic cult film. Yeah. You sit down with Kevin Smith or Quentin Tarantino. Or Quentin Tarantino yeah. This is one of their favorite movies. Kevin Smith had this on in the room I, when his wife was given labor. Bro, bro. Yeah. I am pulling the biggest Josh Baskin, raise your hand. I don't get it. You don't get it? I don't 
get it. But is it maybe the grandfather of nope, this all? No, nope. kind of I I understand why I don't get it, and it's going to make for great conversations. Inter- I'm not Wait. checked out. I did my research. I watched the movie, but I just have to disclose so to you, you right now: this doesn't tickle me. So at all. you're like a depressed person who's crying, but they know they're not their feelings, kind of thing. I, I don't is know that, what that means. Well, it it's, is a, it's, it's like you're like depressed, but you know that it's not. I mean, maybe I'm talking. About no, experience. you are. It's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm kind of happy you're taking the uh, attention away from the fact that we're doing this episode, and I just. I, I understand why I don't get it. And it's a good movie. It's yeah. not a bad movie. It's not a great movie. And it's not a really good movie. It is. It's it's okay. It's got good dialogue Next, and music and montages. It's okay. And Nick Cage. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I said it. It's okay. I don't like this. But that's okay. Okay. Welcome to Buzz in the Tower. If, you, if you have not yet, please take a moment. Subscribe. Leave a review. Follow us. a lot us. of people stopped listening. Check right out now. social media. <laughs> at Buzz in the Tower. You love it, so you're going to yeah. bring the thunder. I know. But, uh, but it's so much harder. When I don't like a movie, we can get through because you make fun of me. When you don't like a movie. My energy's there. I'm okay. there. You're, you're okay, hearing good. how I'm talking. Okay, right? good. Yeah, I'm, not, good. I'm not dozing off. Good. I'm with you. You did it with feds. I'm I got okay. to, I, yeah, I didn't. Like, did I bail on feds? A little bit. <laughs> Just don't make that noise again. The ba 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 I can't help it. <laughs> Do you know what I realized? It was supposed to be the whammy noise, I think, but what it actually sounds like is the music to The Price is Right. Bum, bum, ba, da. Oh, yeah. Bum, bum, ba, da, da. Wasn't it the one that ba-dum, when you lose a Plinko or something yeah. like that? Bum, oh, maybe you're right. Yeah. I thought it was whammy. Whammy, yeah. whammy, no whammy, no whammy. Uh, where was I before you rudely interrupted me? Oh, yeah. Uh, if you need more content, check out our social media platforms, any of them, TikTok, Instagram, all that jazz. We've been amping it up. At Buzz in the Tower, B-U-Z-Z, and the Tower. Uh, patreon.com slash buzz in the tower great way to support the show great way to hold me accountable to watching movies which i thought i'd watch unbelievable unbelievable and with that max let's talk about the one the only valley girl wait i have a funny uh personal story first. yeah i've got a couple personal stories too that have nothing to do with this movie yeah we got we a good five minutes of a little that. let's chop it up people want to know who we tell are me, tell me by the way i also have an incredible theory as to why you like this movie and i'm excited to talk about it is it? Oh no, I don't know. Don't why. try to don't try to steal the theory. We'll talk about it. Don't. Can I jingle my ice? No, while I take you're a sip doing water? a really bad job. My water don't jingle jangle. <laughs> it drinks. It's terrible. My kids would love that. Talk to me, goose. What do you got? Hold on. Oh, on. don't you tell me to hold on. Okay. <laughs> no no one makes me bleed my own oh, blood. Oh man. So the bar that I work at, we've we've talked about what its name is. Scorekeepers. Yes. Where so, they keep score. So we hired a new bartender. One day I want the place to explode in flames. I want you to walk out the front door and look at everyone and say. Rome is burning. No. I want you to look at everybody and say. The keep sc- the change, the, the, you filthy the, animal. The score has been kept. <laughs> <laughs> my watch is done. Oh, man. Yeah. Scorekeepers in the night watch? Yeah. Did I escape? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right, good. So we got a new bartender. Yes. And she, she's doing good. She's doing all right. But it's a tough job. Yeah. Uh, so Give a shout out to her. No. Okay. Because you'll see why in a second. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so oh, Jesus. We got her for basically the school year because that's when we get really busy. Sure, sure. Thursday comes up. Yeah. We're about to just pop off. Yeah. It's 10 minutes before the shift. It's 9.50. She texts our manager. She says, I have two DUIs. <laughs> I have no license. I have no insurance. And I'm being pulled over. I'm going to jail. So my, I, I don't know the story. Yeah. But it sounds like she just got promoted to manager at the bar. <laughs> she no longer works there. Oh, that's too bad. So we made shift. So wait a second. Are you telling me? There is a shift, though. Are you telling me? Are you calling for Vaughn? I've been, Give me Vaughn. I've been asking for a while. You're too I, lazy. No way, there's yeah. no way. I'm way too. It's not even, honestly, it's I'm laziness. You'd get my best there. It'd be like the fire department. You think so? It is an unhealthy environment yeah. for a 44-year-old to be in. 
Love you, Dustin. Love you, Will. I don't know how you guys do and it. Dan. It is and who? Fingers. Oh God, fingers. I was thinking fingers is being younger than me. All right. Yeah. All right. Next. Do you know why his name's Fingers? I don't. Chicken really fingers. Know. He is loves it, chicken fingers. Is it that he loves chicken fingers? Okay, that's it. Yeah. It's and nothing stub. else. Nothing else. And what? Stub. Jesus Christ. Stubby stub. <laughs> Good old stubs. <laughs> Max. Yep. You ready to talk about this movie? I thought you had some interesting life facts. I've got. Well, I've got facts. I've got life facts. Give me one life story. The life fact I got to wait until we talk about the soundtrack of this movie. Cool. Which is its single greatest redeeming quality. They spent 80% of the budget on it. Yeah, 50 bucks on their $400 budget. It was a $350,000 budget. So and they spent you say. Two, so you say. They spent 250000 on the uh, music. It's crazy, but that, it makes sense. Yeah. Would you do that if you were starting a movie? Yes, I think I would that's the first too. thing I would do. So yeah. I think that it's it's this is why I, I think, I'm totally guessing, totally guessing, Quentin Tarantino is, he puts on a master's class in using already existing music. Yeah, him and Scorsese. He, him and pop. Scorsese. Yeah. But more, really more Tarantino. I don't think Tarantino ever scores any films. There's never any original music made for any of his films. Hmm. And Glorious Bastards, I think, there's a score. Is there? Yeah. All right. But but no, I understand but your lar- In large no, no. part. No, you're totally right. And this movie does an amazing job at connecting people to the moment, yeah. which is what drove its popularity. And that was largely done by spending a lot of money on having the best songs. The New most wave, popular songs. punk. Oh, let's let's just wait. Okay. Because I got a lot to talk about the music. You know, I love music. Yeah. I think I understand why you like this movie and why I don't. And I'm cool and you're not. No, it it's because at a fundamental level, this movie does not resonate with me. And I'll tell you why. It's not because of the story. It's not because I'm not. <laughs> don't call me Tommy. It's not really not nice. I'm not Tommy. You seem like it. I'm not Tommy. You played football. You know jujitsu. I'm not Tommy, and I don't know jujitsu. You you would beat me up. I would beat you up, Max. A puppy would beat you up. This is why it doesn't resonate with me. It's true. <laughs> John Hughes, his movies resonate with me because he is telling the story of the haves and the have-nots from midwestern cities of affluence. The suburbs of Chicago. Yeah. Right. When you look at the scenery at these, when you're at Jake Ryan's house, when he's throwing that party, I grew up in those houses like that. That's familiar to me. This movie is the same type of teen angst, but it's coastal teen angst. It's cool. And it doesn't resonate with me. You don't want to like go on Hollywood Boulevard and like mm, say like, hey, I know you Chico. And no, like that. it's not. It doesn't do it for me. Like and I underage get, bar drinking. It doesn't big city. I know you're, you, you, this is it's like everything me, you wanted as a high school kid. No, that that's not what I wanted. So you, you have, you have these three varieties of, of high school experience, right? Yeah. You've got the people that grew up in footloose. Okay. Like you're, you're in the middle of America. You're you in Indiana. Dance. You can't dance. You go cross the County line to get a few beers and have yourself some line dancing with the locals. That's a big part of American experience in the eighties. You have the risky business, 16 candles, white boys on the lake. weird science, yeah. white boys on a lake. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. I grew up like the CEO of Ford, like his kid was local. Like we were going to these homes that were six, 7,000 square feet. No, that's even different. That's but see the, even, even that movie. I, I, it's a great example. You brought up trading places. Trading places is absolutely coastal. It's New York. It's money. It's wall street. But isn't it fun to be in a new experience well, of like on, a new on. culture? But I can live with that experience, even though it's not my experience because, oh my God, Eddie Murphy. Oh my God, Dan Aykroyd. You know what I mean? Like, oh my God, Nick Cage. No way, dude. You can't. Oh my God, Nick Cage's performance on this. Now, was he was he fun to watch? Well, Peter Piper picked a pack of pickles. I can't say it. How do you do it? You're killing it. Peter Piper picked a pack of pepper pickles. Yeah, yeah. You're welcome. Your face is in 3D. Your your head's a candy coated shell. But 
<laughs> I I think you resonate more with like I think you're you're a Boston guy. Like this, it just fits your mo more. Like you you buy Dolce Gabbana crap and and what what is the fancy crap? Like you have a per- don't you have a purse? It's like a thousand dollar purse and like mm-hmm. bracelets and necklaces and stuff. I used to. <laughs> Hey, don't that doesn't refute my point. You're the least Midwestern person I know. Yeah, but I'm not gutter trash punk stuff. I'm not saying I'm not. Well, you. Oh, you I like that stuff. Oh, you like yeah. it. You like it. But don't you want to like you watch a World War II movie? It's not like man, I wasn't in Nam. Because again, I can resonate with elements of it. But what carries this movie? What carries Valley Girl for most people is that connection. I don't make that connection with this movie. D- don't also, you, don't you have the passion for like '80s culture? Though? I like do. The hold mall on. I'm, and I'm, like hold the, to- on. the vernacular. I'm with you. Hold on. I'm with you okay. I, because there's other parts to this too. Like. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure is the most California Casino man. Yeah, 100%. I agree. The issue that I have with this movie is that it's a B movie. It feels like a B movie. So the gratuitous nudity. And Encino Man is an A movie. If you knock Encino Man again, we're going to shut down the podcast. All right. There's no wheezing the juice around here. I won't tolerate it. Shush. (laughs) Linkovich Chomowski crawled so this movie could walk okay even though they came out yeah doesn't make any sense that's okay you understand what i mean again all these things that we're talking about were carried by the performance and this movie was a b movie and and i i'll give you the best example i can and when i did research about the movie it made sense i'm a huge fan of gratuitous nudity you know that yeah i don't i don't turn away from it i enjoy it when you learn that the producers of this film initially told the director you need to show nudity their initial idea for this movie was campy exploitation film. You got it. Yeah. It has that feel the dancing at the party. And I'm all for making fun of like awkward, you know, rich white kids dancing. That makes me feel better about myself that I can't dance, but it's not even, it's, it's not even, it's, it's bad. Do you think they're fake dancing? bad? No, I think what it is, is that the overall quality, like you you can tell a very well-made film with a lot of effort and energy and directing, all actors should be good, but it's what the people behind them are doing, right? And like Coolidge is a good director. Yeah, this is yeah. real genius, man. Well, that leads to my second reason why I think that you love this movie is because of real genius. Real genius is her evolved more. And, and again, like I don't know what it feels like to be a teenage genius who's put into an awkward camp of other teenage geniuses, but that movie spoke to me and it resonated and it was cut and filmed well. This just feels like it feels like an indie film that doesn't have the heart. It doesn't pull me into it. And as we'll learn when we talk about facts about this movie, it's supposed to be not a tribute, but it's based on Romeo and Juliet. I mean, Randy, Romeo, Julie, Juliet. And there's a marquee of uh, Romeo and Juliet. When they kiss. Yeah. yeah. I, not not one of my favorite stories. I'm not, I'm not a big Romeo and Juliet So guy. sometimes things are just a little bit light, too. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't yeah. the heaviest thing. You know what I mean? I'm not making a case that this is crap. I'm just saying when you hold this up as this cult flick, I, Rocky Horror Picture. I don't love that movie, but I get it. But I get it. Tim Curry, I, man. But I get it. Yeah. I, the performances, the music, the quality, I get it. It's not something that I rush to go see. And look, there's other movies like that people would say the same thing with me. Uh, the Last Starfighter. I love that movie. I mean, it's, and that is a cult classic. And I love that movie. I get if people aren't into it. It's not amazing special effects or amazing performances. But as a kid who grew up playing video games and fantasized about the ability to somehow parlay that into like a lifestyle, totally get it. So what I I'm a little confused about. Not Everything. a big deal. You're going to be a lot of confused. About no, 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 it's, it's okay. It's right. But this movie just defines 80s in terms of what you did. 80s West Coast. No, yeah, what you did as a high schooler in the 80s, how you dressed, how you talked, how you thought about boys and girls. Also, even like the side conversations people have, they spend a little bit of time on it, which I think Tarantino and Smith 
kind of rip. huge into dialogue. Yeah, yeah, huge so into dialogue. It's it feels very real. Do yeah. you know what I mean like her parents actually seem like real health food parents? So too. her parents and MVPs re- re- redeeming quality of the movie. Agree with you on that. Yep. And I, I'm not making a case it's not a good movie. I'm just making a case it's not wow. It's not a wow. Today I'm buzzing the tower. Valley girl. Bum bum bum. Fine. Whatever. I know. That's I know. Okay. I'm not. I've never convinced you of anything. That's not true. Yeah. You softened me on Howard the Duck a little bit. No way. And I'll even really? go, I'll, yeah, I'll even go a step further. This just might be, because I'm. I, you are not the only person who loves this movie. People pray at the altar of this movie. Yeah. This might be what the Goonies is to you is what this is to me. Oh, yeah. Like you, you recognize, objectively recognize that the Goonies is one of the movies, yep. right? Like you can dislike aspects of it, but you can sit back and also say, look, this is the 80s. Yeah. This is one of the most influential films of the 80s, okay? It just doesn't get you excited. It's not your thing. Yeah. That's kind of how Valley Girl is for me. Okay. Like, I can watch. I can tell you, if you just showed me the soundtrack before I watched it, yeah. I, I'd be like, I'm in. And Nick Cage. And Nick Cage. Gotta say Gotta Nick, Cage. Nick Cage. Yeah. Even little things with him, like, Max, I get distracted in this movie. That's how I can tell I'm not into a movie. That's like a By little- his teeth? No, his teeth don't bother me. The me. the chest hair shaped like the Batman logo. Oh, I love that. That catches me off guard. It does. It's it's jarring. Well, Nick Cage, he's a hairy guy, and they made him shave in a bathing suit, kind of gumping around. It's pretty funny. Super awkward. Yeah, I don't know. They're like, what a hunk. I'm like, really? Uh, yeah. They're like, what beach do I need to go jogging at? <laughs> Max, you want to talk about facts? Yes, let's, let's do facts. it. Hit let's, me. Let's, Max's facts. What do you got? So, like you said, Nick Cage shaved his hair, chest hair. They had a compromise on it because they wanted him full chestless. You know, well, not chestless because no, would- chestless would be a cool movie. <laughs> Kill me. <laughs> the movie Chestless. Uh, the club that's. <laughs> Sorry. That really got me good. The club that they always go to, uh, that was called Filth McNasty's. <laughs> See, that's redeeming. Yeah. In the 60s and 70s. Can we change the name of Scorpions to <laughs> Filth McNasty's? Oh, no, it's Filthy McNasty's. Sorry. McNasty's. Sorry. I had it wrong. But they changed it to the Central in the 80s. And then didn't What's-His-Face buy it and make it the Viper Johnny room? Depp bought yeah. it. Yeah. And you know who passed away there? I do. Uh, Phoenix. River Phoenix. Yeah. Well, I couldn't remember which one. <laughs> just some Phoenix. There's just some random mythological bird <laughs> just died there. Pardon me, sir. I'm looking for <laughs> filthy McNasties. <laughs> Doing great with It's good. I guess Nick Cage and uh, Deb Foreman dated in real life. So that, that For like a minute. Yeah. yeah, yeah and he yeah. wrote her poetry. Yeah. Well, and he, he, wrote one, he wrote her one song called American Girl, which she kept and she has like framed. And gave it to Tom Petty. Really? No. No. I just pulled a max. She kind of looks like Tom Petty. A year before Valley Girl was released in theaters, Frank Zappa and his daughter Moon Unit, which is the best <laughs> name in the world. Unit. That's his daughter's name. <laughs> name my cat that. Had an unexpected hit with, Val- Damn it, with, Moon with, Valley, with Valley Girl, the yeah. song, a song called Valley Girl. Uh, he put out a $100,000 lawsuit demanding that they not use it because... For him, we look it back at it now and it's kind of charming and part of culture. Back then, everything Valley Girl stood for was like the anti-culture. Yeah, this doesn't seem like it associates with Frank Zappa at all. No, no, no. Or Moon Unit for that matter. (laughs) Give me a Moon Unit. Uh, When Martha Coolidge signed on to do this movie, she was adamant about not using any of the Brat Packers, like wanted none of them. And I understand why, because again, her vision of this was a culture that was not the John Hughes culture. So she wasn't looking at him except for your boy. She almost casted him. Do you know John doesn't. You got it. You, but I thought you'd be more excited about yeah. that. Yeah. And not dramatic pause for six <laughs> seconds after you said his well, name. Isn't, was Nick Cage associated with the Brad Pack because of Fast no. Times? Nope. Was he hanging with them? Nope. Okay. He was she barely in, in Fast Times. Yeah, yeah. And also, who in the Brat Pack was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Well, he was also in Rumble. Who in the Brat Pack was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, please? Uh, Molly, Molly Ringwald. 
Forrest Whitaker. You know what? I was going to lay into you and make fun of you because of your absurd statement because not one member of the Brat Pack was in Fast Times at Ridgemont Forrest High. Whitaker's there. But you saying Forrest Whitaker, I'm giving you a pass. That was incredibly clever. He was in Rumblefish, with, oh, yeah, which yeah. Matt Dillon was in. Yeah. That's Brat Pack. You yeah, were? that's not. Doesn't yeah. count. Okay. It's not, this isn't Seven Degrees of Nicolas Cage. He was not <laughs> Can in the Brat Pack. He was in, he's a relative unknown. Which is ironic because Martha Coolidge was really tight with Coppola. She did some like uh, workshop program with him. Oh, I didn't was, know that. Uh, the, uh, close enough that she should have known that he had a nephew named Nicholas Coppola, a.k.a. Nick Cage. He didn't want any part of his uncle's glory. He wanted to do it himself. He didn't. Yeah. But she should have known who that was. She should have known that yeah. was his nephew. It was just or maybe weird. he told his uncle, he's like, hey, Uncle Francie, you know. Hey, Frankie boy. <laughs> don't don't, don't tell him that the new Brat Packer, Forrest Whitaker's boy, <laughs> Nick Cage is coming out. <laughs> Who are you impersonating? I have no idea. But okay. Forrest Whitaker, why not? Since you clearly have no idea who he is. Who is Forrest Whitaker? My favorite meme ever is when you take NyQuil and DayQuil at the same time and there's a picture of Forrest Whitaker. That's so amazing. Uh, so I think you mentioned this. The King in, of Scotland. In order to get into character, Nick Cage lived in his car while yep. he was filming. And he like hurt his head. Yeah, he Coolidge was not a fan of this and she was pissed about it uh, because they needed to call, go over notes. So he worked off of a payphone. That's where if you want, if you need to get in touch with Nick Cage <laughs> during filming, call a payphone. So does Randy's dad or mom get mentioned at all? Does he live on the streets? I, there's no mention of it. Okay. Does he go to school? Also no mention of it. Yeah. Any other questions they don't mention in the film? <laughs> I'm just curious. That's good. You are curious. Is he friends with <laughs> Forrest Whitaker? I love that the poster doesn't even have Deb Foreman on it. Do you know why? Yeah, because it costs too much, right? Well, in theory, she didn't mess around when it came to money. Everything was on a budget for this film. Yep. And if you asked her to stand up straight, that's an extra 10 grand. If you asked her to sit down, that's an extra five grand. So they just assumed they were going to get raked on putting her in the poster. So instead, they used some woman who was never in the movie and had nothing to no, do with it. No, she was in the movie. Who's she in the movie? It's Tina Thurberg, and she's Samantha, the girls that she hook, he hooks up with at the club. I had absolutely no idea. Yeah. She was originally. Are you 100% sure about yes, that? Yes, 100%. I, I trust you. She was recast. Uh, she was supposed to be Julie. In the beginning, All right. and they recast did it. Not, I did not know that. Yeah, uh, I think you already said it. Uh, but go over the budget numbers and how much was spent on music, which is mind blowing. So it's either five hundred thousand or three hundred fifty thousand for a total budget, but they definitely spent two hundred fifty thousand of that on the soundtrack. The movie made seventeen million dollars. That's why. So this is like inspiration for all indie people out oh, yeah, there. Absolutely. And absolutely. The, indie movies weren't a thing back then. Like small movies. This and like Friday the Thirteenth were the only real big ones of the eighties, right? Mm -hmm. Under a million dollars. Can yeah. I take another one? No, I can't. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Do you know how much Martha Coolidge was paid uh, for directing Valley Girl? Twenty bucks. Five thousand dollars. Seriously? Yeah, five grand. Oh my god! Isn't that insane? Did she have any back end stuff? I, I don't know, but I will tell you this much: that is incredible. That's five getting your grand, money worth, I guess, right? Oh my god! So I mean, I think as a producer, you'd brag till the day you died that you got Martha Coolidge for five thousand dollars. I have one of those moments actually. I uh, used to put on EDM shows, and I had a show once where Zed opened up for Porter Robinson. This means nothing to me. I know, I know. Except Zed's dead. But the total cost was $7,500. Today, that show would be $750,000. There you go. So That's exciting. I'm a trendsetter. It's basically the same thing, Max. Uh, there's a, kinda. There's, it kinda is. There's a scene in the movie where the girls are getting dressed, and if I didn't know any better, I would say that Julie is wearing the poofy pirate shirt from Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be a pirate. It looks the exact same. You it's know that, 80s right? fashion. It's terrible. All right, Max. This is the worst of the worst. What are those? I love the uh, the bad hats that people are wearing that work at the mall, and they just look depressed, like hot dog on a stick. Yep, people. Yep, yep. And they're yep. just like, "Why am I here?" Orange Wh Julius. What other facts do you have before I go into a couple bits that we have? You uh, love our bits. Uh, let's see. A script was written in ten days. Feels like it. 
No. And that's all I got. Excellent, Max. And with that, let's take a quick break for some words from our sponsors. Buzz in the Tower is also brought to you by Dolby Real Estate. You can find them at wearedolby.com. Buying a house is not an easy decision. Not as easy as who you take to prom. Junior prom. Junior, was it junior prom? Yeah, I know, right? Isn't that weird? Are they that young? Yeah. Is junior prom mean prom for juniors? Is that a thing? or What else would it mean? I don't know. I like, maybe it's like a build-up prom. Like, you're not ready for real prom. <laughs> so you go to junior varsity prom. That's where you only I really go. That's where I, 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 I didn't make They're not bringing me up the for the big game. Give me Vaughn. Give me Vaughn. <laughs> Dorn. Dorn. <laughs> Shut up, Dorn. <laughs> Dolby Real Estate is where you need to go if you need a real estate agent. If you're looking to buy a home, sell a home, in the valley, out of the valley, doesn't matter. Does it, Max? <laughs> <laughs> Certainly does not. <laughs> Reach out to Dolby Real Estate today. 400 million in sales, 1,000 homes sold. They are your knight in shining armor as you go through the buying and selling process. Max, welcome back. <laughs> Sorry, I can't even stop. My water bottle broke. It did. It's a a Bluetooth water bottle. Small child. You're sitting there playing with it. Said, feed me. All right. Feed me a stray cat. Max. What's that from? uh, Alf? American Psycho. (laughs) There you go. Max, before we go anywhere else. Good call, though. Let's uh, let's talk about some things. Yeah. If, if you had to recast a couple characters in this movie, whom would you recast and whom would you recast them with? And from what movie would that be a recast from? I would request. I would request. request, request, request. You fix my water bottle, <laughs> and then I would requack. Uh, I would. I think Tim Robbins would be good as the dad. He's too young. You think so? I mean, he's is he's like forty. I think. think Howard the Duck. Okay, Susan Saranda as the mom. Sarandon or Saranda? Uh, is there a difference? There's a huge. difference. Oh, the blonde one, right? One is her name, and one is not. Oh, Saranda. Yeah. Who is Susan Saranda? Uh, Bull Durham. Sarandon. Yeah. Please look up her name right now and see it with your eyes. No, you're right. I want you to look no, it up. No, don't eyes. make me do it on. You're embarrassing me in I front wanna, of our many fans. No, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> in front of our thousands of fans. I'm kind of curious if there's a Susan Saranda. Hold on a second. Susan Saranda. I thought she's the blonde woman from Step by Step. No, no. That, so interestingly enough, as I expected, there is no such thing as Susan Saranda. There is Susan Sarandon, D-O-N, Susan Sarandon. You're right. Hold on. I, ha- I have to get this one person's name. I have a good one. I'm so excited to get my ha- typical hate mail. You're so, you're so rough on Max. <laughs> it's not his fault that he's illiterate and doesn't know who Susan Sarandon is. So for Tommy, I want someone who deserved more credit back in the day. I want Chad McQueen, who played Dutch in The Karate Kid. Okay. Because he's nice and mean. Yeah. His hair is all blonde. He's yeah. kind of, kind of California-y. He's intimidating. I was going to say the guy that you claimed that I was, the bully. Uh, who, is that who you're talking about right now? Yeah, Tommy. Yeah, Tommy. Sorry. Wow. I'm looking at pictures of Susan Sarandon. It's distracting me because she is gorgeous, even at her current age. Never been a fan. Oh, my God. People make fun that she's 76. She, she looks like Tim Robbins' mom and they're married. Oh, no. She's gorgeous. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tommy, I would replace with uh, the one and only Billy Zapka. Wow. Zapka would be perfect. Karate Kid. Not Karate Kid. Back to school Zapka. Okay. Karate Kid Zapka, too much of a serious actor. Back to school, Zapka. I pulled my hamstring. Oh, Melon, help a guy out. I want to get into this astronomy class, too. Was it astronomy or astrology? I don't know. I don't know. All I know is I'm back to school. (laughs) Amelia Estevez would have been good as uh, Randy. Oh, yeah. Because he's got the Repo Man and uh, also the kind of obsessive boyfriend thing in uh, Breakfast Club. Sure, sure, sure. Not Breakfast Club. Uh, What's it called? Uh, St. Elmo's Fire. No, St. Elmo's Fire. St. Elmo's Fire. I'm sorry. Ooh, Rob Lowe. That's not a bad one. Yeah. Yeah. 
Could he be punky though? Brewster? I mean, he could. He's beautiful. You put a wig on him. He could be punky. I, I totally checked out again and stopped listening to you. I would recast. It is hot in here. I would. It is hot. You're sweating. The summer heat. I would recast Julie, played by Deborah Foreman, with Michelle Pfeiffer. That's who they wanted. Is it? Yeah. For real? Yeah. I did not. Well, I, didn't, I asked for facts. You didn't yeah. give me that for facts. Yeah. Why didn't you give me that? Sorry. So it looks like I know a little thing or two. <laughs> yeah, about casting. Yeah, about casting. All right. Uh, Max. Should we talk about the Coolidge, the Coolster? I want to start with this. Okay. I think we should do an episode. We've done totally awesome 80s. What was the first episode we ever did called? Oh, like the movie soundtrack thing. Right? Totally radical. What the hell's the Mute. name? Movie Point. jams. Movie jams. All about, not soundtracks, about a song. Yeah. I think we should rank the top 10 80s movies soundtracks. Full soundtracks. Okay. So out the gate, right? What I initially think of, you think of Flashdance, right? You got What a Feeling by Irina Cara. You got Maniac by Michael Cimbello. You got Manhunt, Secure Me Tonight. Great songs. Footloose, Kenny Loggins' Footloose. Denise Williams, Let's Hear It for the Boys. Foreigner, Waiting for a Girl Like You. Almost Paradise. Almost Paradise. I mean, lots of great songs. Dirty Dancing. Yeah. I mean, do I even need to get into that? Now I've had... The time of my life, <laughs> big girls don't cry. Yeah, that's right. That's when she's dancing, right? Big girls, they don't cry. But will you love me? Okay, fine. And of course. Top Gun? No, forget Top Gun. Beverly Hills I mean, Cop? I mean, Rocky Four, Beverly Hills Cop, Top Gun. Most importantly, come on. Oh, God. Come on. Batman's good. No. Come on. Give me you know the one that you and I love. Real genius. There's a wrestler in it. Vision Quest. Yeah. Okay, good. Come on. Yeah. Dum dum. Journey. Yeah. It's really good. It's really good. But Valley Girl is out of control good. Yeah, I'll melt with you. Are you a fan of the Plimsolls? Yes. Because if you aren't, you won't like the soundtrack of this film. Yeah, they, they got they, like half of it. They've, yeah, they've got Everywhere at Once, A Million Miles Away, Oldest Story in the World, uh, Josie Cotton, he could be the one. I, I'm not even going to go through all of them. Let me just, this goes to my personal story. There are three songs in this movie that I consider to be in the top 20 best songs of the 80s. Whoa. Okay. Modern English, I Melt With You. Yep. That is a, that is an, a banger. That yeah. is a 80s song. New wave know. staple. A, absolutely. Uh, men at work. Who can it be now? Yep. Who can it be now? Doo, 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 doo. I bet that this song is meaningless to you. Okay. Electric Avenue, Eddie Grant. Do you know that song? Electric Avenue. Is that it? Or? Yeah. Out in the street, there is violence. Yeah. yeah. And there is lots of work <laughs> to be done. <laughs> Why do you love it so much? I'm going to tell you the story. Okay. I don't even care if anybody thinks it's a good story. It is one of my. <laughs> is this Uncle Mo's story? This time? is an Uncle Mo's, Uncle Mo's corner. Yeah. It sounds horribly sketchy. <laughs> Next, there's a time when I play high school football. You may remember. Was there? Occasionally oh on the show, God. I talk about when I play high school Did you almost football. make the Lions? I never almost made the Lions. By the way, someone got a Lions tattoo that said Super Bowl 2024. Was that you? No. I'll wait until after they win the Super Bowl. We get a tattoo? tattoo? We'll see. Okay. My junior year of high school, I joined a varsity football team that was stocked with talent. So our offense had two offensive tackles. One went to Georgetown. One went to Brown. A running back being recruited by Nebraska who was better at lacrosse than at football, so he ended up playing lacrosse. A fullback, who was a preferred walk-on at Michigan State. A wide receiver going to Central Michigan. Another wide receiver, who was also a kicker, who went to Michigan State. A quarterback who played at Buffalo. Wow. That's a pretty stacked offense. Yeah, it's ridiculous. One, our one offensive guard had played as a sophomore, and he was coming into his second year. You might know him. Guy Chakalakas. <laughs> the center and the other guard. The center was a sophomore, Kevin Mills, and the other guard was yours truly, Mo Shapiro. I was terrified. 
terrified to play on this team. Our first game that was an away game was against the Electric Avenues. God, was it an away game? My memory's so crappy. My our first game where we got on a bus from an away game. So I think it was our first game. We won. Do you play the song as a celebration song or something? God, can I tell the story? Sorry. Can I tell the story? <laughs> can I finish? Can I finish? Our first game, which I believe was an away game, we won against cool. the Lasser Knights. You smash him? I don't remember. I don't think we smashed him. We beat him. I get on the bus, and there's a guy on the bus. He was a defensive tackle. His name was Zane Cadro. He is the zaniest, no pun intended, craziest guy I know. Fun, the funniest guy I went to high school with. Like, I, he cast a shadow that in my humor, I could barely put my toe into. Wow. He just was like adored by everyone. He was wild. I mean, wild, man. You got to be with a name like Zane. Yeah. He gets in the bus. <laughs> We're all just sitting in the bus. And he just looks at everyone. And, and I don't know. I wasn't prepared for this. I, and mind you, this is 1995. Okay. This isn't even like a relevant song. And he goes, We're going to rock down to. <laughs> and the whole bus goes, Electric Avenue. <laughs> And then he goes, and then you take it higher. And that was every week in the locker room, on the bus. Like he would just sing Electric Avenue. That song is just scorched in my soul from him doing that. Weird. And when it came on this movie and I watched yeah. it, that was my redeeming characteristic of the film. I was like, I love Electric Avenue by Eddie Grant. You you have incredible takes for the most part. Your bad takes are really strange. Yeah, I know. <laughs> They're just like, I, I think I understand. You're like a cat. Like, I get you 80% of the time, but then you're chasing, like, imaginary spirits. You know what I mean? I don't know what's going on. I do enjoy chasing yeah. a spirit. How, how, how about we, what are we six minutes into this? <laughs> so I'm so Blacked out. I'm so, well, what was my answer? <laughs> Kenny Grant, Electric Avenue. So let's talk about Coolidge. Ramirez. Martha Coolidge. Oh, we're back to that now. Yeah. I guess we got to talk about the movie. She's a Connecticut girl. She studied illustration. Is she is she Connecticut or is she from Connecticut? Connecticut. Is that right? I think Susan Saranda lives in Connecticut. <laughs> Whatever, you get the gist. She studied illustration at the Rhode Island School of a School of Design, which mm. is like really like kind of high up there. That's but where she, uh <laughs> Wedding Crashers, right? No. Isn't that where they made the joke on Wedding Crashers? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With uh, the son. Yeah. With Troy. Troy. Or, or. I'm Troy McClure. Did I derail the entire episode <laughs> yeah. by telling the Eddie Grant story? Maybe. All right. But she changed her major. I mean, it was the first film major ever at the school. She went to NYU's uh, Tisch School of Fine Arts mm-hmm. for a master. She's mm-hmm. an avid horsewoman. Mm-hmm. She shows Paso Fino horses. She won championships. Get to the most important fact. Max. Well, she's married to award-winning produ- production designer James H. Spencer, who did Stripes, Poltergeist, Gremlins, Inner Space, The Burbs, but and Lethal Weapon 3. But that's not the most important part. She also did Real Genius. She did Real Genius. Okay, I was saving it. So, remember the earlier point that I had made about how I fall into the John Hughes camp of these, you know, uh, Chicago suburb stories. I'm a Coolidge. I think John Hughes agreed with me because he fired Coolidge because Coolidge was originally going to direct some kind of wonderful. He was a jerk about it, too. He was a jerk about it. And he pulled the plug on her and threw in our guy, Howard Deutsch. Howie D. Howie D in the house. And if it wasn't for that, Max, we would have no Howard Deutsch, Leah Thompson marriage. Yeah, that's true. There you go. I mean, I bet Howard thanks his lucky stars for Martha Coolidge. All right. So uh, written by Andrew Lane and Wayne Crawford. So Andrew Couple Lane. Couple nobodies. That, well, not total nobodies. They both wrote uh, the 76 movie Tomcats. They both produced Valley Girl as well. And Wayne Crawford was Lyle in Valley Girl. Oh, yeah. You're right. Don't forget about yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. He played uh, the father. Who's uh, making sushi? Yeah. Who's making sushi. What's uh, what's his daughter's name uh, in the movie? Susie. Yep. So, Michelle Minrick. Yeah. Um, well, we all know who Michelle Minrick is, right? She's uh, Jordan from Real Genius. She's Jordan from Real Genius. And she's Judy from Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. And she's full frontal nudity in Valley Girl. Yeah. Nick Cage, Max, played Randy. So I looked up some really fun facts about him. First of all, he's got a weird combo of soft spoken and like drunk punk fighter. Sure. 
he doesn't seem like he belongs in the punk scene, does he? Like, for the most part, right? Like, the, how sensitive and kind of open he is. He's like, I do what I want kind of stuff. I don't know. Oh. I don't I don't know how to explain Nick Cage. So have you uh, watched Community? No. Okay. We're going to take a break for a second. Okay. So there's this one. There's a class they take about Nick Cage. And like, is he good or is he bad? And there's this one character, Abed. I know who Abed is. Yeah. So. Who's like a movie connoisseur. And he's trying to explain whether Nick Cage is good or not. So he watches all his movies. And we're going to watch the scene right Show now. Show me the clip. Yeah. A few moments later. That's incredible. That, that's what he is. The best part of that scene is the professor like putting his hand to the other, <laughs> other classmates and being like, it's all right, it's all right, it's all right. So, so I have never liked an actor in such extremes where there are some roles that I like love him in yeah. and others where I'm like, oh, God. Like, like Ghost Riders is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Raising Arizona yeah. and The Rock. Moonstruck for me. Yeah. Uh, Con Air, obviously. Yeah. Oh, God, Fa- Jesus, face Off. Pig. Have you seen Pig yet? Oh, Face Off. No, I haven't seen Pig yet. Pig's I heard incredible. Pig was great. Uh, Gone in 60 Seconds. Love it. <laughs> it's such a bad movie. Uh, it could it's happen crazy. to you. It's a rom-com that's really I know, cute. I, I really like that one. But he just he's so high and low. He calls it mega acting. I just watched his new movie. It's called Sympathy for the Devil. Yeah. It's where he's in the backseat of a car with bright red hair holding someone hostage, and you don't know why for an hour and a half. That's all it is. It's just him going nuts. So I can't wrap my head around so him. So he's a very unique guy. So he's son of a comparative literature professor, mm-hmm. Augustus Coppola. Kalut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was born in Long Beach. Full name is Nicholas Kim Coppola. Six feet tall, so he's a big dude. Dropped out of high school at 17. And here are my favorite fun facts, ready? Uh, he owned two king cobras who tried to attack him. He bases his diet on animal mating habits. So he avoids pork because pigs have dirty relations, but fish and birds mate respectfully. I'm dead serious. That's... Something that's that, incredible. He was that's the, something. Yeah. He was the first choice for Aragon in Lord of the Rings. Ooh. <laughs> it would have been insane. <laughs> he was once arrested in New Orleans for being drunk and disorderly, and Dog the Bounty Hunter, who was a fan, got him out for $11,000 because he just liked him. He actually... <laughs> keep going. This is our TikTok for the week, so we can continue, please. He traveled the world looking for the Holy Grail. Like, he was really into it for, like, a couple years. Just went around Jesus looking for it. Christ. And he once did mushrooms with his cat. With his cat? Yep. All right. Not sure if the Humane Society is okay with that one, but... Yeah. So the cat did it, too? Yeah. All right. And he owns a $3 million haunted mansion in New Orleans. Doesn't he own uh, some dinosaur bones, They too? were illegally obtained, and they got taken back. You know a lot about Nick Cage. It's the most... Fa- he's the most strange guy. All right, Max. Moving yep. on to Deborah <laughs> Foreman. Uh, plays Julie. Yeah. Valley Girl in 83, real genius. She's Susan Deck in 85. Lots of hammering. Lots of hammering. Um, we almost got, we almost got her on the show. Yep. Remember when I was emailing back and forth with her? I know. And then her PR person took over. Yeah, I was like, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> They're like, Mo, have you seen Valley Girl? I was like, yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah. Nick Cage. And probably smelt the fear on my breath. She went to a modeling school in Texas to overcome her shyness. Like her, her family thought she was too shy. Mm-hmm. And she ended up being a Maybelline model. Interesting. Yeah. I actually think you can see her shyness as an actress and I think it plays strong to who she is. It's you know? fun. It's like you kind of want to root for her. Like, I liked her in this movie. Yeah. That was like for me a redeeming characteristic of the movie. I liked her in this movie. Uh, Max, this is the one for me talking about lists. If, if, the, if, you're, if the first TikTok is going to be you going over Nick Cage, the second one is going to be Elizabeth, a.k.a. E.G. Daly. She plays Lauren in this movie. Show I, the word of the day. I now totally understand why when we were watching when we were watching Pee Wee's Big Adventure and I brought her up you were like yeah I'm like why is he into her I'm like oh well now that I've seen this movie I understand because she's naked in this movie and you're gross uh, but no, that's, 
That's not why. <laughs> Valley Girl, she's Dottie in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. She's Elizabeth Daly in Better Off Dead, playing yep. Elizabeth Daly, which is weird. Uh, she's Linda in Loverboy, which I totally remember. And she's Haley in Dutch. Did you ever see the movie Dutch no. with Ed O'Neill? It's a great movie. You need to see it. Okay. More important than that, in the halls of fame, not the halls of justice, but in the halls of fame. In the halls of justice. Bum, 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 bum. There are a handful of people who have done voiceover work. People like Mel Blanc, who did Bugs Bunny and about 100 other characters. There's people like Disney, Walt Disney, who did a bunch of characters. Uh, uh, who did uh, Optimus, Optimus Prime. Prime? Yeah, Peter Cullen. Yeah, right. Predator voice, dude. Yeah, Predator, all that kind of stuff. I'm going to just tell you right now, Elizabeth Daly, she's right there. She's right there with her voiceover work is absolutely staggering. Now, I didn't go and pull every single voice she's ever done because we'd be here all day. I am just going to give you a taste of the of the more popular ones that I remember from my childhood. Let's hear. And I'm not even going to give you specific characters. This is these are just shows that she did voiceover work on. You ready? Yep. Camp Candy, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, a goofy movie. Rocco's Modern Life, Rugrats. She's Tommy freaking Pickles. That's incredible. Which is incredible. You've got to hear her voice. Absolutely. Eek the Cat, Bobby's World, Babe, Pig in the City, the movie, Hey Arnold, The Powderpuff Girls, Happy Feet, the movie, Wreck-It Ralph. That's incredible. That's just, I'm just scraping the like more popular ones. There's about a hundred other credits to her name. That's incredible to me. Yeah, she rules. She absolutely rules. Voice work sounds like fun. Uh, yeah, I could do it. Yeah. You, not so much. No, I can't even pronounce words. You can't do like... Your own voice. Nope. When I was a young warthog. <laughs> I said that once and made you laugh. It really made me laugh. All right. <laughs> Michael Bowen played Tommy, who you inappropriately claimed is me, which is not. It's not very nice at all. Uh, he was also not. I can see you manipulating your, someone in a relationship like don't that. Be that don't, be un, don't be disrespectful. Put praise lip back on someone and be like. <laughs> I'm your, you're no, mine now, baby. Again. Oh, you wouldn't want to be the kind of girl that would do that to her best friend, would you, sweetheart? <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Yeah, you're laughing through this. Occasionally, Max, occasionally, when we do these episodes, I am just blown away by the, I, we have to come up with like a name for it, like a bit like, oh my God, that's him, or yeah. oh my God, that's her. So the first one, Notcher and Iron Eagle, I knew right away. Yep. You should have known that right away. I did. But more importantly, I would make the case that Tommy, aka Michael Bowen, Comes back decades later and hops into two of the best roles ever. Do you know? I know you know one of them. Do you know both? Kill Bill, I know. He's Buck in Kill Bill with the Shagmobile. Yeah, with yeah. the rent out unconscious vegetables to people <laughs> yeah. and die by getting his head slammed in the door. Yep, that's him. That's Tommy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but even better, Uncle Jack from Breaking Bad. No way. That is Michael Bowen. Dude. Oh my god, isn't that wild? Wow, he aged intensely. Yeah. Yeah. He still looks like that creepy, yeah. like, make out, take the girl's clothes off. Ah! Dottie from Pee Wee Herman. Wild. Fun fact in real life, he's the half uncle of Martha Plimpton. Oh. Yeah. That is a fun fact, man. It's really random. How you, what's, what's a half uncle mean? I don't know. I don't either. Let's we'll uh, go back to that. His aunt is like, he married their her aunt, right? But that'd be a step uncle, wouldn't it be? I don't know. I don't know either, Max. Something for us to dig into. I'm my own grandpa. Cameron Die. Yep. Plays Fred. You know what he's in? Bones. Andy in The Last Starfire. And Lazinski at Men at Work. Oh, yeah. That's the uh, rival guys, right? You that got do it. the pranks. Yes. Yeah. Golf clap. All yours, buddy. Who you got next? Susie. I mean, well, we talked about her, right? We did. Michelle okay. Myrick. So this Me, one. My rink. So my rink. Please tell me you don't know anything my about it. My rink. Julie's. May rink. May rink. <laughs> Revenge of the Nerves. Real genius. Sorry, <laughs> the outsiders. So uh, Sarah Richmond, the mom. Yes. Do you know? Do you recognize her from anything? I don't. Seriously? I don't. Who is she? Okay, so she's kind of got that, like, remember uh, Not Another Teen Movie when you take your glasses and put your hair down yes. and you're a smoke show? Yes. 
That's her. So she not that that's not her I from was that like, movie. She wasn't in that movie. No. Do you remember Clue? Yes. She's the maid. She's the maid. Dear God. She's also in Police Academy. All right. Wait, come on. She's in Police Academy Four. She's Kathleen Kirkland Tackleberry. She's yeah, Tackleberry's she is wife. Tackleberry's wife. And she's Mrs. Vanderhoff in uh, Wayne's World. Yeah. So right. like, what a what a collection. What a collection indeed. Yeah. They're great. She and her husband are fantastic in this movie. Yeah. They're just stoners, and they let them in at, like at any hour and all that. They don't punish anybody. What's the health food store? I bet is killing it. The husband Steve Richmond, played by Frederick Forrest. What what do you got on Frederick? The conversation in Apocalypse Now, which are like. Great movies, but mm-hmm. he's kind of like small roles yeah, in both yeah. of those. So mm-hmm. nothing really, but he was awesome in this. Excellent. Yeah. Next, any other characters you want to discuss? Nope. All right. <laughs> Are we done? That was, <laughs> yeah. that was abrupt. Got What's it. your favorite part of the movie? What's your favorite scene? The montage. I'll melt with you. I'll melt with you. And I really like uh, when he gets all the random jobs and follows her around kind of yeah. to like get her stalks back. Her? Yeah, a little like, bit. Aggressively stalks her. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and also, you know what reminds me of? This didn't happen to me because I was a loser, but I assume. Uh, well, I love when you preface it like that. So, remember I, the scene where a girl kissed the guy? That didn't happen to me, but you can imagine. That's part of it, actually. That <laughs> Veronica Vaughn is one fine. You know, her and I got it on. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Yeah. Well, uh, you can imagine. You can imagine. No. Is everyone Great. on the bus? Grand. <laughs> Everybody on the bus. So, when one Rand- person ate 35 packed lunches. <laughs> When sorry, Ran- sorry, when sorry. Randy and Julie, what are we gonna do if we ever have to do that movie? Just be I'll here never, for four I'd, hours. I'd never be able to get yeah. through that movie. <laughs> Shampoo is better. Oh, <laughs> Mister Penguin! But uh, when Randy and Julie are making out in the car, and Fred and Julie's friend are kind of like teasing each other around yeah, the yeah. car, yeah, yeah. does that stuff happen? That seems like something that would happen. That seems very like high does school. Does that happen? I don't know. I mean, it seemed like cool kids. I haven't been to make out point in 38 years. I can't answer that. But you did at some point, right? Was there a make out point? There was a tennis court at a park near my house that I think I went to a couple times. That's the closest I've made it to make out. What was it called? 40 love. (laughs) (laughs) It's shocking. You've never made it to make out point. All right. Now I could see you saying, uh, that's okay. I was just taking a poll that I could see you saying, right? You want to dance? No. No. Oh, that's cool. I was just, I was taking a poll. No, uh, sax manners. Nice to meet you. All right. Oh, it's so good. I'm done. Yeah. Valley girl in a a nutshell. This is me in a nutshell. No, no, baby. (laughs) This is me in a nutshell. How did I get get in here? I'm in a nutshell. All right, Max. Well, on that note, why don't we head on over to our (laughs) Buzz of the Tower fan spotlight? Max, this week's Buzz in the Tower fan spotlight is our dear, wonderful friend, Deidre, a.k.a. Glamazon PDX. Last week when I read the review, how could I not remember that that's who it was? She's the first fan we talked to in real, like, Zoom stuff. In the real world. No, no, like, she was like... In a world. Yeah. I know, I'm just kidding. No, she wanted to know about podcast stuff. I'm going to give a shout out right now to both of her handles because I know that she is a engager of those who want to engage when it comes to 80s. Glamazon PDX or Meet Me at the Mall, both handles on Instagram. Check her out. She is always game to chat about anything 80s related. I am incredibly excited to hear what Deidre had to say about this hot garbage of a movie. I'm kidding. It's, what? It's not, I'm Stop kidding, it. I'm kidding. Let's hear what she had to say about Valley Girl. Hey, it's Deidre, aka Glamazon PDX. My dudes, I'm so like totally stoked to talk about Valley Girl. Buzzing the tower is so bitchin'. I might just totally spaz out. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> this is such a sweet 80s time capsule. It reminds me of the time in life when your friends are your whole world, when every decision seems like it might make or break you, 
when the crushes either feel like they're like the highest roller coaster ride, or more often it feels like your heart's being ripped out of your chest and stomped on the sidewalk. Um, let's be real, this movie isn't winning any Oscars for acting, but what makes Valley Girl so endearing and a classic to me are two things. First of all, the fashion, of course. That opening scene at the mall with all the old stores like Orange Julius and the Limited. The pastels, the stripes, the mismatched earrings, the popped collars, the bandana across the forehead, and the swimsuits on the beach. Oh my god, their swimsuits are so cute. How cute is Elizabeth Daly in her bikini? She's just cute in general, right? Um, Julie's lace, the jumpsuits, it's all like perfect pre-neon 1983. And then the second thing is, of course, the soundtrack. I mean, if Randy call crawled into a window and stalked me in a bathroom, I would have totally dragged my best friend with me and gotten in his car because Love My Way by the Psychedelic Furs is playing in the background. I love it. And then you've got Who Can It Be Now, Men at Work, um, of course, I'll Melt With You, Modern English, Gotta Love It, Girls Like Me, Town Called Malice by The Jam. I mean, this movie is packed with the jams. Also, I think it's funny that Nick Cage is supposed to be the freak, weirdo geek, and this role is arguably one of his most normal performances, right? Uh, oh, and can we talk about Julie's parents? Uh, what is up with them? It's like, it's like the acid never wore off. I know they're supposed to be the stereotypical hippie health food store California cool parents, but I don't know, they're just weird. <laughs> I mean, it is one of my favorite tropes, though, like weird out-of-touch parents. The mom looked familiar, but I couldn't I couldn't place her. And then I looked her up and of course she was in Clue. But then she was also Mrs. Noah Vanderhoff in Wayne's World. But that's a different decade. So yeah, I mean, you've inspired me to break out all my red and black and listen to New Wave. Maybe have a slumber party in my underwear. Just kidding. That never happened. We never did that. <laughs> we did eat a lot of Cheetos and gossip though. Um, so this was super fun. If you guys want to follow me on Instagram, I'm GlamazonPDX and the other account is Meet Me at the Mall. We can talk more about 80s fashion, music, and our favorite Buzz in the Tower episodes. You guys are totally tripendicular. You know I love you to the max, Mo and Max. You're the raddest. Thank you. Later, dudes. Thank you. Nailed it. So, like, it, she additionally pointed out that nobody's winning an Oscar in this movie. Yeah. So let's just calm down. But you just go with it. You know what I mean? Like, the acting's not great, but it's just, it's a time capsule. She made a great point about how, as much as this was supposed to be, you know, anti culture, you know, Nick Cage acting wild, this is for sure his most reserved role that he's ever played. It could this happen is, to you. The, this is the Nick Cage I would take home to meet my mom. Not, it could happen to you. Him. It could happen to you. He's a cop. Yeah. He's sweet. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Kiss of death. Max, with that being said, we have covered Valley Girl. It's off the list. I apologize for never having seen it. And I make a commitment moving forward that I will just uh, be more honest, I guess, really reflect upon how I quickly answer your questions and say, yeah, I've seen it. So uh, just so you know, I'm not entirely sure I've seen Iron Eagle. <laughs> Shut up. Well, now I know what we're doing. Like, we got to do Iron Eagle. Uh, so Iron so Eagle. So every time I say Chappie, you don't respond very much. Because I know the scenes and that's, I get confused. I, I'm very old and things all blur together. Iron I, Eagle I, is by its like, Iron Eagle's been on like TNT on a Saturday morning when I was a kid and I've watched parts of it. I don't think I've seen the whole thing. You got to do a rewatch this Well, week. maybe we add it and that's what yeah. we do. Okay. Uh, are we doing an Iron Eagle episode? We're doing Dirty Rotten Scoundrel soon. I know that. And then maybe after that we'll do Iron Eagle. Okay. 
Well, there you go. Max, it's always a pleasure. Don't forget, subscribe, review, rate, if you get a chance on any podcast player that you're listening to us on. Follow us on social media. Join our Patreon. Check out our website, BuzzInTheTower, B-U-Z-Z-N, thetower.com. Special thanks again to Deidre for coming on the show today. You rock Glamazon PDX and meet me at the mall. Same thing. And Max, what do you, uh, we're still in limbo on how we want to end episodes. What do you want to say? Anything? Tripedicular. There you go. What? How do like I, for sure. I will end the episode by saying, all right. No, that's terrible. I'll let you end the episode for me. Do a Nick, Nick Cage. Oh. My Nick Cage imitation is terrible. I considered doing I'm it, but it's like so bad. Independence. License of independence. No, that's not it. License? The Declaration of Independence. Sure. America. I can't imitate Nick Cage to save my life, but if I'm going to imitate him, I'm going to do it. Put down I'm, the bunny. I'm going to do it from The Rock. <laughs> Listen, I think we got off on the wrong foot. Stan Goodspeed, FBI, uh, let's talk music. Do you like the Elton John song, Rocket Man? I don't listen to that soft Oh, you, uh, oh, oh, well, uh, I only bring it up because it's you. You're the Rocket Man. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.